0: Every week, the Orange Fizz team breaks down the five most pressing questions about Syracuse athletics. Holy cow, what a big
1: time defensive play.
0: No holds barred. I paid a fool. It's the Fizz 5. 5! 5! 5! 5! All right, guys, welcome in. We're actually going to get started now with this post-game Twitter space, Syracuse and Colgate. we got a good one for you today. Good for analysis, not so much for the team. Syracuse just fell 80-68 to to Colgate, falling to the Raiders for the second consecutive year after a lengthy, unbeaten streak against this Colgate program. But all of a sudden, that table has turned. Syracuse is now the one that is struggling to get back in the win column against Colgate. Who would have imagined But uh, 80-68, to again, your final. Syracuse basically dominated from start to finish. And your headliner for this one, at least in my opinion, is that this was as bad a game of basketball as has been played inside the dome in at least the last five years. I know there's been a lot of ugly basketball played for Syracuse in the last couple years. You know, the pit loss in January, the Duke blowouts the 34-point game against Virginia a couple years ago that started a season. But this one was as ugly as it gets, top to bottom. SU couldn't shoot the basketball and got out-rebounded in this game. Looked disorganized on defense, terrible on defense, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Couldn't hang on to the basketball under defensive pressure from Colgate and didn't find one another with passes. But other than that, you know, Syracuse looked great apart from those key areas. The Orange led 5-2 to two in the first two minutes of this game, then fell behind 8-5, to five, and that was it. It was not a close game. Syracuse did not play very well from behind and never got another lead after the first couple minutes. So for all that Colgate did, the Raiders didn't have to press, didn't have to play from behind, didn't have to deviate from what they wanted to do, and just controlled the game from beginning to end. And if we look back a little bit at this series history, now Colgate's largest win in the modern era, which I'll call 1960 to now over Syracuse, is 18 points. And that was back in 1960 in December of that year. Today it was only 12. Last year it was 15. One of the biggest wins... In this series, history was 24 points all the way back in 1911. For games that weren't football scores, that was the largest I could find. So somehow Syracuse doesn't lose to Colgate for 59 years on the calendar and all of a sudden is getting run out of its own building by a Colgate team that hasn't beaten the Orange by over 20 points since William Taft was president. And last year we talked a lot about John F. Kennedy. Colgate broke that streak, hadn't beaten the Orange since he was president. Well, SU just did barely save itself from losing as badly as this team has in over 100 years. And I see we've got a request here to speak. Tanner, I see I'll get to you in just a moment. I'll be glad to hear what you have to say about this one because I'm sure a lot of people do. But um, overall, in my opinion, maybe the worst game of basketball played by Syracuse, at least at home in the last couple of years and defensively. One of the worst performances put on by a Jim Bayheim coach team in some time. It's really difficult to say just how badly this ranks among other games, but uh, just from the eye test against a non-conference opponent and at home early in the season for games that you're really supposed to win, this was especially on defense as bad as it gets. So, Tanner, I'm going to yield the floor to you. Hear what you have to say in this Fizz Twitter space. Again, this is Carter Bainbridge for the Fizz, but, Tanner... Love to hear what you have to say about this. All one. I'm Go saying ahead.
1: is Jesse cannot be our—he's a—he's a center. and we got to find a another guy that can score. Bunch and Taylor have disappointed me the whole year. And that's all I got to say. But we should have not lost to Colgate, and Joe just threw up some terrible shots. Benny was the bright spot today.
0: Yeah, you know, in general, I, I think. You know, there are some points in there that, that I agree with. I do agree that, uh, that Benny Williams was the positive today, if you're going to take one away. So, Benny finished six for 12, 17 points in this game, added eight rebounds to lead the team. He, he looked fairly confident, 17 points in a lot of minutes. He wasn't getting pulled for mistakes. He looked comfortable with the basketball. Overall, very nice game from Benny. Um, but to the point about Joe Girard, struggling with shot selection again. Obviously, as a shooting guard, the volume is, is there for him, but he has to be a little bit more selective over what he does. Instead of just grabbing the ball behind a screen, not moving his feet, and just hucking up three, he finished four for 12 from three-point range, four for 15 from the field on the day. So 14 points for Girard, but it wasn't pretty. And neither were the 20 points for Judah Mintz, who did finish 8 for 16 from the field. But that's about as ugly a 20-point game as you're ever going to see. It wasn't because he was really on with his shooting. It was just because he kept on shooting that he got all those points racked up in this game to lead the team with 20. And then there were a couple of other names mentioned there in that point. You know, Malik Brown and Justin Taylor barely played in this game whatsoever. Brown had six minutes. Taylor had two. If you blinked, you probably missed him. Uh, same thing with Cope. Copeland, I should say. 12 minutes in this game, only put up one shot. So during his time in the game, you know he dribbles the basketball off the floor like he's trying to crack the hardwood, but did very, very little offensively in this game, as did Chris Bell, who only played eight minutes and lofted up one shot from three and missed it. So from a couple different freshmen on this team, very little production in this game. And Syracuse got nothing from its bench, today just seven points from the bench compared to Colgate you know that was a huge difference in this one because Colgate racked up 24 points off its bench today Syracuse had seven five from Symeer Torrance and two from Munir Hima who played only six minutes and when he got in was used experimentally in a one defense it looked like although it was hard to tell what Syracuse did defensively today other than play pretty horrendous ball on the defensive end all the way around. And Syracuse looked objectively terrible on the defensive end. Maybe the worst defensive performance, like I said, put on by a Jim Bayheim team in quite a while. The man-to-man wasn't great. The 2-3 zone was dreadful. And the 1-3-1 exercise with Hema was was not enough, nondescript, was not helpful. And sometimes it was even hard to tell what defense Syracuse was playing because the 2-3 got so out of position sometimes and the man-to-man was so stationary that sometimes you could mistake one for the other. In this game, Syracuse did not have a lot of movement on defense, did not have a lot of anticipation, did not box out shooters, and looked unenergized, to be quite honest. Defense is now your serious issue for this season. 72 points to Lehigh and 80 to Colgate. Another certified bombing, the second time in two years that the Raiders have just taken your defense to the cleaners, especially from outside. 19 for 38, Colgate finished from the three-point line because of some awful Syracuse perimeter defense. I mean, tip your hats to the Raiders for shooting well from three-point range, but it's fairly easy to shoot well when you're that wide open. Colgate did not have to contest its shots, did not have to move its shooters. They all kind of looked like Buddy Bayheim did last year when he would just catch and shoot from the wing or from the corner. So, Syracuse on defense, there's your issue. You know, this team might be able to score some points, but 68 isn't going to cut it against a lot of teams and will never cut it when you play that kind of defense. Tanner, I see you again in here. What do you have to say about this, my man?
1: I got two questions for you. Do you think – we'd have a better lineup if we moved Benny to the three and Malik to the four. And, uh, what did you think Samir done at the three? Do you think he done good or bad?
0: Well, they're both interesting questions. Um, I, I personally don't think so. Um, to the, to the answer to your first question about, uh, Malik. And, um, who, who'd you say again? Sorry. Was the second name in there?
1: Move Benny to the three and Malik to the four because B- Bell and Taylor isn't doing anything. And I think Malik would Got be it. better on the glass than Benny.
0: Got it, yeah. So I thought about this during the game with, with Malik Brown because we saw very little of him. And I was thinking, man, he's kind of a big presence inside. Why don't they use him a little more because they're struggling with rebounds? But then you look at it, Benny Williams is actually taller than Malik Brown by an inch. It's not that big a difference. But what Benny does have that Malik doesn't is just a little bit more experience in this defense. And I think that's the important part for Syracuse right now, no matter what it does, is it needs some guys on defense who know where to be, know their assignments. I'm not quite sure that Malik Brown is that guy right now, especially because he isn't playing. At the end of the day, Jim Beheim knows whether these guys are ready to play. Malik Brown has talent. He has size. He's done some nifty things beneath the basket offensively, but I'm just not quite sure he's that guy right now. And with how Benny played today, I think that he stays where he is because you need the scoring. Defensively, you can work on things, but you don't want to cost the guy confidence when he just had maybe his best performance in an orange uniform throughout his whole career. And then the other question that Tucker had was about Symear Torrance and what we've seen from him. To be honest, I, th- I think that for Simir we haven't quite seen uh, the work that he put in on his shot to be quite evident yet. He didn't have a very good day offensively today, led the team in assists, and that's his game, but to be honest, what I've seen from Simir is just more of what he did last year. Two for eight from the field, Torrance finished today, and did distribute the basketball, but sometimes you need him to do a little bit more offensively. And he's got the confidence now to shoot, put up eight shots, but two for eight was a little bit of a problem. And about halfway through the first half, he took some especially ill-advised shots and hit the bench and got a serious reaming from Jim Beheim. For those of us on media row who looked over at it, he was talking to Torrance for a long time and it was not a friendly conversation at first Torrance seemed to be answering him about something, but eventually it was just Bayheim kind of talking to him and it was one sided and Torrance was simply responding with a word or nodding his head or something. So, you know, maybe some emotions there on the sideline, maybe something f- flared up there between Torrance and Bayham. It's impossible to know. And you know, neither one of them is going to talk very much about it, but it's a symptom of a very frustrating night for Syracuse and a frustrating night for Torrance as well, personally. Um, just going back to this team, you know, we're wrapping things up here on this, this space. It's gone on long enough, and we talked about some things here on the space. There is plenty to chew on for this team. But all in all, Jim Beheim said before the season that this is a tournament-caliber team. NCAA tournament, he meant. Not NIT, not CBI, but he meant the actual big dance. Well, sure didn't look like it today. And nobody who watched it would agree with that point about it being a tournament team, they'd agree that it was a poor showing. And if Syracuse is better than this, it needs to prove it and very quickly because non-conference only lasts so long. So for Syracuse, the upcoming tests, perhaps easier on Saturday against a Northeastern team that finished last in the Colonial Athletic Association last year. But this is a Colgate team that was picked to finish decently in the Patriot league. So Northeastern, not quite as hefty a test, at least on paper, but if Syracuse plays as poorly as it did today against the Huskies, well, the orange might be one and two by the end of the weekend, heading into Thanksgiving. And that is a result that nobody wants. So as to wrap things up here on the Fizz Twitter space, want to appreciate everybody who came in here and spoke Tucker or Tanner, you in particular, my mistake on your name there, but thanks to everybody who came in. I know people are, uh, Interested to share their thoughts here on the Fizz. And as Syracuse does have uh, home games and road games as well, I believe we'll have Twitter spaces for both home and away games this basketball season. So stay tuned to the Fizz. Tune into our live and post-game coverage. We'll have that for the entire Syracuse basketball season, no matter how it goes. And there are certainly some questions about that after tonight, because once again, Syracuse just fell to Colgate 80-68. to SU is back inside the dome November 19th. It's Saturday for what is now a 4 p.m. tip, no longer 2 p.m. against the Northeastern Huskies. But for now, this has been Carter Bainbridge for OrangeFizz.net for our postgame Twitter space. Signing off, and we'll see you next time. And that's your Fizz 5. Listen next week.
1: Subscribe, rate, and review. This has been an Orange Fizz production.